halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fucked it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, this is Carillo Fantasia. Hi, this is Jenny Tear. Hi, this is Kim Gaynor, and welcome to an extra special wackadoo episode of Halfway There, a podcast about the new middle age. We have decided to throw caution completely to the wind and say, fuck it. Amorphous blobs, kind of like contemplating our future deaths, um, and just kind of wing it and see how it goes. So, Hey, you guys, how you guys feel about this? And it's our 25th episode. Yay. Congrats. We can rent a car and drive off a cliff with Thelma and Louise, our weird role models from our 20s. Yeah. Everybody was like, woo, go commit suicide, ladies. This is awesome. How weird is that? I think it was awesome. I was so shocked. Oh, really? I thought it was loved so it. shocking. I loved that movie. Remember how beautiful that? Do you remember Brad Pitt played the like bimbo, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was beautiful. He was, he was beautiful, and he was he was like a th- he was like a gigolo and a thief while he like robbed Dina Davis. Mm-hmm. But then, I, yeah, but he brought she her got to raped, the- but not by him. Sorry to bring no you know, no that back. And she brought him- so many spoilers for Thelma yeah. Louise, a 30-year-old movie. Or- <laughs> yeah. For any of the millenn- millennials watch listening, I was going to say watching, it might be a surprise to them. <laughs> to our generation, not so much. How was everybody's Thanksgivings? Uh- mm. Mm. All right, so. Yeah, go ahead, Camille. I had, I don't know, the most traditional maybe. So I drove all the way to Michigan. Trains, planes, and automobiles. Yeah. And uh, I hadn't been back to Ann Arbor, my alma mater, University of Michigan, since I graduated. Wow. That's great. Even I've been back. Yeah. When was the last time you were there, Kim? Uh, Probably 2002 or something like that. No, 2000. Yeah. Okay. So not not too too much after we actually graduated. So... (laughs) So it's been a long time for you too. So you'd probably be pretty amazed at the changes, but most of the changes in in, Ann Arbor are high rises and bouginess. Shocker, surprise, you know, expensive restaurants in areas where you think, wait, can students afford this? And uh, my my, uh, ears on the ground there tell me that like, oh yeah, students now have shitloads of money. So- Uh, Can students afford going to the University of Michigan? Yeah. Exactly. So it's become another kind of expensive elite, even though it's ostensibly a public school, it's uh, attractive to the elite because Ann Arbor is a very desirable town. I feel like I'm dragging this podcast down already, but it, no, but, it's interesting. But, uh, it's interesting. But Ann Arbor was listed as like one of the top destinations to retire in like mm-hmm. Forbes or one of the, you know, the magazines for the, uh, the 1%. The rich and idle. Yeah. 
And I was asking my friend Gonzalo, shout out, great guy who I caught up with. Gonzalo! Yeah, Gonzalo. You, we love Gonzalo. And uh, Did and he said, stay? I have a quick question. Did he stay there after you guys graduated? Has he yeah, because he time? wasn't, he was already, he was a researcher for the university for a specific department. Um, ah, so he uh, he was never a student when I knew him. He was already just a Spanish guy um, that I met through being Spanish. So um, he's lived there the whole time. So he's seen all the changes, oh. and uh, and he's uh -huh. like, you know, he's doing okay, but he's he's uh, noticed like the income. I don't want to say income inequality, but sort of the the huge change in uh it becoming a wealthy retiree and i was like wait but do the retirees can they handle the winter because their winters are harsh and he's like yeah. oh, no 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 they're like nice weather half of the year here and then the rest of the year in florida or you know the tropics somewhere yeah that tracks i think with other parts of the country too like college towns are real destination points because they can go see uh 19-year-olds like 19-year-olds play Prospero at the local, you know, with all the theater department productions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's the link about Austin being one of the least uh, affordable places? Yeah, I sent you that I mean, earlier. That's a yeah. Mm -hmm. As yeah. a place that was touted for years upon years of like being this wonderful liberal you know oasis in a right-wing desert it's now just like another super expensive richy rich place mm -hmm. to live with high rents but that yeah that to me is about a failure of leadership though right on some level the fact that the real estate lobby ultimately dictates like pricing that that a lot of people the dirty secret is people don't like development so there's not a lot of building in in blue states in blue cities like you know people people don't want they don't want buildings they don't want more traffic they don't want more people i don't know there's a real tension between the rhetoric of like inclusivity and the reality of the fact that most people don't want like development they don't want their neighborhoods to change well wait a minute i i didn't read the article because yeah. i guess I figured like oh this is kind of what it is but my understanding is that that it's the opposite of that all yeah. overdevelopment um that this um sort of artisanal town feeling is completely usurped by big yeah. industry and expensive rents and overdevelopment What's uh, happening is they're raising low-income neighborhoods. It's it the depends. same old, same old. They're raising old, in, uh, low-income neighborhoods and, you know, trailer park neighborhoods, and that's where the residential There's development. There's no affordable happens. housing. Yeah, yeah. No but affordable they're moving. Housing. So people who formerly lived within hitting distance of the downtown, so they could access transit. Now they're like, we're so far out. There's not even any public transit out here. Yeah, so but it's stuck. different in, in different cities. Like in California, mm -hmm. there is an issue of just, it's called nim not in my backyard nimbyism, where people do not want development. They do not want new housing built. And so they basically, for years, they would only zone for single family homes. So you couldn't build units with multiple dwelling places. 
Mm-hmm. And that was really the issue in California, which there's also massive amounts of regulation. And I think in a lot of cities, there has been development, but it's, it is, it's luxury housing. Yeah. I think it's that's, not- I think the case with Austin, there's just no room for that. Uh, however, I don't know how real that sort of, that notion of Austin really ever was, or it's been a long time if it was, of like being a thriving place for artists and weird people. I mean, keep Austin weird was yeah. the for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just, there's no affordable place for weird people to live. There's- I have a question. How many more rich people can there be? Like where, <laughs> where do all these people come from? There, there's not that many rich people. That's the that's the whole problem, isn't it? Like there uh, seems to be a lot. They're, they're one they're one percent of, yeah. of. I mean, seem like a lot because they're the people standing in the way of doing shit that you want to do. There there aren't that many of them. But they seem like they're in every city, and they drive the rents up, and they make the place hard. Yeah, they're visible. They're the they're the loudest. They're the they're the the annoying people who get what they want. And I I know we all, we're all familiar with New York, but it was interesting. Uh, I drove the scenic route from Michigan to Chicago to meet, to stay with my cousin overnight, which is super fun. And, um, you know, I drove, I'm like, I'm going to drive and I drove through bucolic Michigan countryside and so on. And then I'm like, I need to see what Gary, Indiana is about because Gary, Indiana is ostensibly on Lake Michigan. But as we know, it's a city that's struggled for decades and many times been named the most dangerous city in America because of gun violence, blah, blah, blah. And hometown of Jackson, I believe. Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the yeah. whole Jackson's right. Yeah. Which yeah. is incredible because when you see it, it has the bombed out. It's very Detroit in the sense of the bombed out, like boarded up residential homes. But what really shocked me is from Gary to Chicago, that whole stretch is an industrial wasteland akin to like a Blade Runner or some <laughs> kind of dystopia. Because you know how when you drive, you know how when you drive out of New York and you drive down the New Jersey, whatever it's called, Turnpike or South Toward Philly. There's like yeah. industry everywhere. So imagine this, but like multiple, it was just smokestacks and like weird industrial things with all of the pipes going out all over the place. And But can't you see some rich person swooping in there and making it like an, you know, like an, an urban experience, like um, it's terrifying American wasteland experience. Um, they should. You know. And it's all like, like lakefront property. Like I can see more of wealthy people being like, okay, we got to move this out of here because we need this lakefront property where all this industrial crap is. And then, and then like it transitions to Chicago and I'm on Lakeshore Drive and there's just endless uh, Rich. towers. Yeah, with yeah. lakefront views. And it's like, it's, I remember it, it's going just on- an incredible contrast. It's very dramatic. I remember going on like a college tour of like Roosevelt University and somewhere else with a friend from high school. And we stayed um, we stayed in an apartment on Lakeshore Drive, like one of my mother's uh, sorority sorors or something. And I remember thinking, this is the life like <laughs> how. How do I, how do I like, she, I, I can't even think of her name right now, but like single older lady 
probably like my age, but I was definitely feeling like, oh, this is what an older lady mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. Definitely maybe younger than me, actually. Um, <laughs> but I was like, she's freaking fabulous. Like she's rich. She lives on Lakeshore Drive. She's like, she has her, she has a bar. And I remember the view of like the city. It was incredible. And yeah. it, it's, you know, it doesn't suck. You know it what doesn't. does suck? What, what does suck is it was kind of like the traffic was heavy, which was fine. I enjoyed it because I kept getting stuck, but then I had great views of like, it was evening. So like the city lights and, you know, everything was just beautiful. It was like the, the sparkling city lights and Christmas yeah. decorations had gone up. So they were like all these lit up trees. So it was like one of those traffic jams where you're like, I don't care. Like I'm enjoying these views of Chicago. But when you get to the Chicago River, and you look left upstream, upstream toward, you know, the heart of the city, there's like a 500 like foot wide Trump, you know, the Trump tower that's there. Yeah. And it's like a massive, tr- and it's such a bummer because you're like, oh, this is so pretty, so sparkly. Oh, fuck. Wow. <laughs> Remember New York? Yeah, yeah, but but this for, but for Chicago, like, you know, that's really the heart of the river. It's where Michigan Avenue starts. And it's like, sucks that that's right there. Like anybody who takes a boat tour on the Chicago River or whatever, it's like they have to look at this massive, I mean, it's bigger than any sign he has in New York. Yeah. So He just sold his hotel in D.C., the yeah. office. I think, I don't know if the government didn't renew his lease or something happened, but he was probably ran it into the ground. That's what seems to happen to all of his businesses, like bankruptcy, financial ruin, someone's yeah. cooking the books, embezzlement, uh, yeah. you know, fraud. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Oh, oh, are oh, you please. really listening? The Trump organization comes for us and sues us. Do you They're know how so litigious? Bring it on. Oh my God. I think they ha- You're absolutely right. We need, we need that kind of exposure and attention. We need You're to be sued right. by the Trump organization. How freaking awesome would that be? <laughs> it would be a badge of honor. Although I think they probably have their hands full right now in terms of lawsuits, I suspect. You mean yeah, their, tiny, their tiny little hands? Mm-hmm. <laughs> tiny little They're hands subnormal size hands yeah somebody this is kind of interesting somebody made the point and i thought it was a really astute observation that they felt that the social media companies banning him had effectively done him and his reputation a favor by essentially putting him out of public view so you for you the most of the public forgets what a fucking lunatic he was on twitter etc and by but muzzling him by silencing him it's made him effectively look kind of presidential and i actually think that's true mm, i actually I thought about think this that's true i do you're wrong camilo sorry disagree um, <laughs> no, huge sorry, disagree you're wrong. you know what no. Nope, nope. Can uh-huh. I say why I disagree, think, or do you are you still laying out me, your thesis? Let me. Okay. I'm gonna lay out your thesis a bit more, because having having that reminder of him bleeding on like you know a a obnoxious lamb every day. <laughs> the screaming of the lamb, the sequel that nobody saw. <laughs> yeah, Twitter, I'm on Twitter. Um, that in a way 
by effectively muzzling him, it's sort of given him this de facto dignity, like that he's a more dignified and controlled person than he actually is. And I think that there is some real truth to that. For, for me, I am still, the, the absence of him is just sort of reminding me of like, like the trauma response that I have when I do, when I am subjected, subjected to anything he says or his voice or anything he wrote that like he had to give to someone else to post on Twitter, for example, that trauma yeah. response that I have from that reminds me of just, I'm not one of those people that really needs to be reminded how, of how bad it was, but it reminds me of how bad it was. So to me, uh, maybe that's just coming from like a liberal person uh, who is also sane enough to know that he was just the worst. But uh, I don't know. I think it, it, it really, it silenced him. Like, I, I think if anything, like there's always, there's always the, the possibility, like when you don't know what someone is doing, then they can move in silence, that it just really encourages this, like out of, you know, underground, crazy sort of fringe element. And if there's any reason to have not silenced him, it's, it's to see what he's actually doing. But yeah. for, me, for me personally, um, it's like every time I do see or, or, or you know, it, it, see him posting or saying something, I it's it's like an actual trauma response that reminds me it was really fucking bad. Oh, it's horrible. It's a psychological relief not to have the man's oh, drumming, God. So you know, bellicose, piggish voice. But I do think it confers a level of self-control in him that he doesn't really have. Camilo, please add... I think, in a, I, I think in a non-warped, uh, extremely polarized world, yeah, what you're saying would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think deplatforming him actually does bring the heat and the level of discourse discourse down a level, at least not a lot. Yeah and bring sort of a measure of sanity maybe to the conversation around politics occasionally, more than we had before, whereas removing the constant fever pitch allows us to have a little bit of a more, I don't want to say intellectual, but a little bit just more level-headed conversation about what's going on in politics every day, whereas he would just bring the hysteria. If you want to find it, you can find it. You know, you can, he has a reaction to everything. take yeah. his you know take up the mantle of Mar- yeah. marjorie Taylor green and yeah. like there, there's a bunch of nutso fucking right wingers yeah. that are still doing nutso right wing things you're right um and are vocal on all the social media so that's like, true how does, Lauren, how does Lauren Lauren Faber dare yeah. suggest that a member of congress have like an explosive backpack like that's Fucked yeah, up. we're not talking. We're not exactly talking about the uh, cream of the crop in terms of no, the- no. But anyway, this is our fun Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Well, we're um, talking about you know. Listen, American you holidays. just kept trying to tell us what we consider fun. Yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> Camilo, maybe maybe we think that 
terrible, like late stage USA capitalism, capitalism uh, you know, politics are fun, right? Oh, it's, so, uh, uh, it's Kim, a joke. Please, it's, please put uh, a light on Kim. You're scaring me right now. It's how about this? Hilarity. <laughs> that's that's much better. Well, let's all I could see was your sparkling pupils, and it was very scary. I got to remember to put that in a short Sparkle. film at some point. We have to. I want to hear about um, the festivities on the island of Barbados now that you are finally t- t- renouncing the queen. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, so. So, okay, I've tried to, like, do my research so I can get this straight and talk, but I'm sure I'll make some fuck-ups. And all you Bayesian listeners, you can just write that in. American girl got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, very good accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so... So technically we have been, we, I'm, I'm, I'm saying we, okay. The Bayesians don't claim me, but I'm here. Oh, okay. somebody's gone native. I've gone, I've gone on native. Um, so technically Barbados has been independent for 55 years. So, but it's been kind of a, a gradual process. Um, so what happens on Tuesday, that's tomorrow, right? Is, is, so that's been celebrated like July 4th is in the United States for 55 years. But what happens officially tomorrow is that uh, Barbados becomes an independent republic. So it's been a gradual process of, of moving away from colony to independent republic. And there've been many steps in between. Um, What's interesting is Barbados remains a commonwealth country um but was commonwealth after it declared independence 55 years ago um, but but, australia but, new zealand right they're still commonwealth i don't right? know what the, i don't know what commonwealth means as far as i'm as far as i can tell it just means like the british can come here and be like do we get a discount we're, <laughs> we're commonwealth we're commonwealth country and like have you got a boot? Have you got a boot here where I can get my accent? Because you're so much better at it. We we come to Barbados and we want we want some discounts. I mean, we're Commonwealth, like whatever. Have you got a kebab shop? Where's the kebab shop? They don't have a curry in Barbados. Where's the curry? Um, and and every time they're out eating something um listen don't i i'm trying not to get myself in trouble but um i can't help but think that they have sort of ruined the cuisine here don't get listen don't write invasions don't watch if you want to take it up with somebody take it up with your colonizers former mm-hmm. congratulations but listen they've ruined the cuisine every time i'm out somewhere having a horrible meal i can hear one of them in the background say this is just gorgeous what is this boiled fish with absolutely no seasoning it's gorgeous too and much salt like, stop uh, adding so much salt and pepper they hate seasoning like except for curry i don't get it I don't yeah but anyway yeah so it's a big deal there are lots of uh there's there's gonna be all kinds of i was downtown bridgetown over the weekend and there's banners and there's blue and yellow and everything where and people are extremely proud and i think it's i think it's 
quite amazing. And I think um, what I'd like to see, no one's asked me, I'd like to see Barbados Mm -hmm. kind of like move boldly into the future and move away from um, making tourism the basis of their economy, which just perpetuates this uh, colonial mindset Mm -hmm. that they're obviously trying to get away from. So that's my two cents about that. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making a reservation to eat and like, you know, do Bayesian independence things. So that's really cool. Here's an idea I have. Contact Jeff, uh, Jeff Bezos to get like some Amazon warehouses there. And, you know, develop the, econ- the economy around, like, Amazon warehousing. You can be, like, the hub for the Caribbean. How awesome would that be? God, ugh. I think I want <laughs> to get away from, like, maybe white people being, you know, the exploiters of the local population. Just, uh, just saying, just spitballing here. That's what I'm taking away. I'd, I'd, uh, yeah. I that tend to agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. Do you do you I don't know if Vermont landscape lends itself to this, but mm-hmm. do you I mean here in the Midwest, yeah, because there's so much flat land, I will drive by some buildings that are colossal and they're warehouses, just they are beyond imagining. Like they are oh, just you've been to the are these Amazon warehouses? Sometimes, but not, they're mysterious sometimes warehouses. And they're, they're just such huge buildings. They could, you know, they could have several like 747s in them for all I know. And uh, yeah, you you know, they're just like where field used to be. And now they are like half a mile long and it's just what's going on in there. I read that Amazon warehouses, the width of them, the length of them, uh, whatever, whatever <laughs> that is. Sorry, people. Um, Jeff Bezos, what's your length I, and I, width? We need no, to know. I don't need to know. Um, it's like seven football fields. Like people apparently when they start working there lose massive amounts of weight, which is why I really should apply for a job. Um, uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's apparently, they also apparently destroy like a massive amount of stuff. Like the British actually Channel 4 did some investigation. They like every month, they just destroy like massive amounts of products that, you know. What do you mean like? Because they fall off the highest shelves. They're like, oh no, we dropped it. They just waste it. It's like, you know, basically they can't move all the products that they have in their warehouses because people don't necessarily buy you know some of the stuff they anticipate they will i mean what's it amazon is a disaster it's it, it is it is fucking dystopian capitalism it's very so very wonderful. very weird That's so wonderful no, for the I, end I, use oh yeah can i tell time. you barbados it will become the independent republic of barbados sponsored by Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh man, <laughs> they're that building is- a new stadium and it's called jeff bezos <laughs> Yeah. That is They're, that yeah. is truly the future. Like that uh, crypto. What's the crypto stadium? In, is it LA or San Diego? Crypto, it's called Crypto Stadium. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yep. I mean, could you at least like give it a a name? Like, <laughs> like no, we, we only name things after like financial products now. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Gross. 
I mean, Bond Stadium sounds better. I mean, I don't know. Like, 401k stadium? I, I, oh, I just... God. <laughs> Capital <laughs> Game Stadium? Yeah. But, we... what, but, but for real, though, like, yeah, that's happened for, well, like, Wrigley Field, isn't that something, like, corporate now? And I don't yeah, know. When I, when I drove, City I Bank drove... Field and this field and right. whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're always, yeah. and they keep switching around. Like, it's just like a bank when a bank absorbs another bank. And, you know, it's just. It's so gross. It's like you can't even talk about things anymore. Is it that, is. You know... It is. It is really. There is something very deeply hollow about the culture. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, can I tell you something wonderful and positive that's yeah. like actually. It's still in the house of Gucci and loved it. No, but now I want to get wasted and see House of Gucci. House of Gucci. What is this? South. South. That that'll be you after the movie. Um, I saw the French Dispatch, and so delightful. It's the balm, the nostalgic balm that we all need. <laughs> it's the apotheosis of Wes Anderson's career. It's got so many sets and models and like posed and choreographed scenes. Like it's got a cast of thousands where everybody shines. Nobody's an afterthought. Um, you sound like a proud parent. And it's supposed to be kind of like slightly sad. Yeah. But it's sad in such a delightful, just, I just came out of there like shimmering. Oh, we I, talk I, about yeah it's a delight I, I, I can't recommend it enough okay uh, that reminds me steven sondheim oh man did he yeah go? yeah Jesus. oh god Milo. i missed it you well need excuse to, me you need to turn in your theater card immediately For real. i what? was just having this conversation with somebody about Wait. how he was the person responsible for me being able to make my tour de force high school musical debut as Jack's mother in Into the Woods with the worst <laughs> old age makeup that has ever been on stage, which is saying a lot, a lot. Uh, um, did you do the brown pencil like uh Yeah, so brown and then you highlight it, you highlight it. That's old I see, you've made a wrinkle. Brown, 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 and then just dark white eyeliner on either side. Look at you've aged your 15-year-old self 70 years. Amazing. Magical oh, theater. Wow. Uh, but, yeah. Unpopular, unpopular opinion. I'm not the biggest Sondheim fan. What? Not okay, this get... podcast, okay? You can not, leave not those quibbles. I like I like company. I like the ladies who launch. I like company, company. We put um, um, we put being alive on. That story is good. On Saturday night, you know, someone yeah. to sit in my chair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I good. cried. It's so <laughs> good. It is. It is a cry worthy. It's it really is, good. I whenever that song starts, I immediately tear up. There's something about it. It's I have to say, I never recovered from Madonna saying that he was a misogynist. When she did Dick Tracy. Stephen Sondheim? Yeah. Really? Yeah. She called, she, he was a misogynist and so was uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber when she did Evita. Oh, I'm sensing Both assholes that she had to deal with. Well, I mean. 
I don't know. Is she the is she the problem? Who knows? Probably not. I don't know. She seems she, really she... easygoing, but um <laughs> has I'll anybody say... her, her latest her Sooner latest Sooner or later you're gonna be mine. Oh, is that her thing? Her latest. Don't let me interrupt you. Time. You do not let me yeah, interrupt you your singing. That is cogent. But has anybody seen her last? like photo essay oh say on on instagram with her shoved under the bed in various positions with her ass in the air apparently she had posted that and then instagram took it down and then she wrote this whole thing about misogyny i was just bringing it back wow she's like they've 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 they hate women and so they have removed my plumped up ass from the internet. I have these very artistic pictures of me shoved under a bed with my ass out. And as we and know, if there's anything Instagram hates, it's provocative pictures of women. Like, yeah, hate. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, absolutely it's, not allowed. It's a, it's a good point though, but because like, there's just so many things that they don't take down. So why? why this so i think she has a point but it's also like madonna what are you going through knowing I, I, madonna i almost feel like she contacted instagram and was like hey can you take this down so i can make it a can thing. you please pay attention to me yes <laughs> they probably would have been perfectly fine with just ignoring so um, without her thanksgiving like like uh showing her upturned butt was that her Thanksgiving celebration? I might have been. I think there was some actual Thanksgiving, like I mean, some very normal, actually, pictures mm -hmm. of her preparing meals with her kids that I thought was kind of cute. Okay. So, no, I mean, the ass shoved under the bed was just like bonus material, I think. It was like, I'm so full. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm going to stretch my ass. I ate so much turkey. Oh, the tryptophan or whatever it's called. It's causing me to bend myself, contort myself into these positions. Is that what she said on her Instagram? Yeah, that's exactly what she said. That's Not word, word, word for word. She was like, look at my cranberry sauce. Okay, oh. I find, okay, okay. I find her Instagram kind of painful. Yeah, why? We talked about this. Yes, we have. I don't know. I find her aging. I have really mixed feelings about it. The way that she's aging. The you thing know what I'm is, saying? She, she's always calling attention to this. And she's saying, like, the, pro the, the reason that people have such a problem with me is that they, is, age, is ageism. I mean, the, the fact that whatever she's doing at any moment is being criticized, whether, you know, she's having procedures and she's obviously done things to her face and her butt and whatever and then the fact remains is like she's doing what she wants and nobody likes that that's true um, well, but I mean, you know, that's just one i i don't know i don't know how Sometimes but, I that's, watch it. but that's the fallacy of celebrity that lots of people are liking it just some people don't like it what do you mean well, it's, you know, it's a social media world. It's like she gets gazillions of likes. She's got on this one with, with her ass, with, where she shoved herself under the bed. She's well, got million eight eighty seven thousand nine hundred fifty five likes plus 
Angus Weeper, who is my friend. You know how you yeah. see your friend that liked it? Yeah. Isn't that weird on social media how you, you can play the victim when you're criticized on, by someone, but you actually have like tens of thousands of people who liked it? So what what's the... Well, but if Instagram takes it down, then they they oh, have yeah. the power. So like, yeah, I don't know. But what what causes that? How dare they Instagram? How dare you? Oh, oh, okay. I'll have I'll ask you guys a question. Do you look at her and think that is a happy person? Not that that has to be the litmus for like. I think that's part of her appeal. She's never been happy, and she's always searching, and she's still searching. And she's not good at it. She's stumbled. In answer to your question, Jen, I think that seeing like like we were talking about not just the her ass shoved under the bed photos, but like very normal photos of I mean, as normal as Madonna gets of preparing Thanksgiving dinner with her children and of course extremely luxurious surroundings, you know. Um Those pictures make me think, oh, well, if there was anything happier about her life or any time that is happiest of her life, it's got to be now. She's, yeah. you know, surrounded by children. I think those, I think those relationships are genuine. I'm sure they're complicated like anybody else's family. But yeah, yeah I mean, is she, does she need to pass? Does, why is the bar higher for her than anybody else? I mean, you know, is, who's happy? Show me that person. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess because she, I don't want to say she makes the spectacle of herself, but I think at some point, you know, at some point procedures and aging is so hard. It really is. It's really, it's really tricky. It really is. I mean, I'm finding myself like, it's weird. Okay. Let's, I'll I'll go into the meat of this podcast. Like I've noticed my neck, (laughs) you guys, I've noticed my neck is not what it once was. Not as and tight, I, right as it used to be. No, yeah, and I really noticed it this year for the first time. I think I was taking a selfie or something, and I was like, "What is that? Like, it's, what is that turkey neck developing? Uh, you know, just like that. My neck is not as I was. I just yeah. never thought about neck skin. Like, yeah, just, yeah. I I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, oh, my neck is older it looks older it looks like it's aging i and i have to to chime in and say that i very recently had the same fucking moment and it was freaked me out more than any other like noticing an aging part of my body kind of moment me too because it feels really like i've always had a really good like jawline very tight see but um i did put i did lift up my neck and i'm like what the fuck is going on down there me too. Just don't yeah. lift it again. Me too. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> um, and I was thinking about how I've always liked my, like I always wear, cause I'm short. So I always wear, I don't often wear turtlenecks. <laughs> I definitely was like, I'm going to start buying turtlenecks. Um, and I was like, I have so many, you know, I've always tried to highlight that part, like my collarbone and my neck because I'm short. Yeah. And it does that, does all this length. coincide with you going off social media? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, then uh-huh. I, I'm like, you will not see me age like Marlena <laughs> Dietrich. 
Oh yeah, um, and and the Linda Evangelista, who disappeared. Uh, She's like, I'm not beautiful anymore. I have botched surgery, so I'm not going to show my face anymore. I love. She was one of my crushes when I was straight. Yeah, she was a real beauty. When I saw her in like George Michael's like 19 whatever the uh, Freedom 1990 video, which is the models yeah. like walking down the runway. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, she's she's I'm it. sure I look the woman got and made a living and got an enormous amount of attention based on what she looks like. I'm sure it's very very difficult. I don't I, get out of I, bed for less than $10,000. But 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 listen, the woman is what 60 and and I think I think you know, you read about, oh, God, this horrible thing that happens to her. And then I look and I'm like, OK, well, she looks like a normal freaking person. Like, oh, yeah. Might this be somewhat heightened just because her entire, literally her entire existence was based on being beautiful? Oh. And and, you know, I, I have no doubt that there was something that went wrong with this uh, procedure or whatever, but. You know, she might have had a hard time aging, aging regardless, and having something to pin it on. You know, yeah. My, yeah. I mean, actually, she's been in the limelight for decades, so it's not suddenly. Not uh, suddenly what? It's not like it happened recently. It's just that, yeah, when she reemerged with this story, it was no, like, oh yeah, exactly where's she been? Her, my entire point is that she, her entire existence was based on being one of the most beautiful women in the world, something yeah. that nobody can sustain because right. aging happens. Yeah. But some people do sustain it. For example, for my no. own for my own amusement, I, when I when I first joined Instagram for my amusement, I started following um, 80s supermodel Christy Turlington. Yeah, she's and for, beautiful, but and she for all intents and purposes, it. she, you know, the way she presents herself on Instagram, she looks amazing. So, well, there's it, a difference it, between looking amazing and maintaining your youth forever. That does not happen. Christy Tarleton is not. Right, right, but, but, but what I mean is, she's continued, probably she's continued to leverage her supermodel status with lots of followers and peddling products. I wonder so how on. much I wonder how much she's working though. I bet if we got down to the nitty freaking gritty, yeah. like how her pocketbook has been affected by her being, you know, an older person, an older person who is in the, you know, top 0.05% of attractive <laughs> right. people, granted. Yeah. But also but still, she's going to be in the top the same percent of wealthy because she's if she's invested wisely so well she's fine. married to ed burns she's she's well i mean she's a wealthy she's married woman. to ed burns yeah what happened to him he's he I was mean, a wonder both, child they're both they're both aging quite well and okay. the money i'm sure doesn't hurt and neither does the genetic lottery ticket that they won you yeah. know when they were born <laughs> I'm just saying that even for me, while I'm no Christy Torlington or Linda Avantolista, and uh, I don't like my turkey neck, okay? Well, you, you gobble, don't have gobble. a turkey neck It's yet. not turkeyish yet. Turn to the no, side uh, so we can evaluate no, and judge. It's getting, it's getting there. It's Look, not it's, it's, it, Shut up. It's, it is. It's, it's loosening. You know, it's getting, it's showing its age. I just noticed it. I was like, this is, this is hard. I don't like this. Like mm. I totally, if I had lots of money, I would totally get this shit tightened up. Like mm. I completely understand people's instincts. 
other thing is for me, like my feeling about it is I feel I grew up feeling like very ugly, odd person, odd looking. I look back and I'm like, oh God, you were actually like a beautiful child. And you know, I don't know, beautiful, maybe not like conventionally beautiful, but like now I look back on my youthful self and I'm like, God, I would kill for all of that. But um, this is from I, the woman who just posted a photo of herself as a, as like a teen and looks barely any older. I do look older now. Come on. That's all very flattering and everything. But like, you know, it's definitely not true. It's observably not true. But I will say that I feel like I feel like, OK, I am starting to see those changes. And I like almost 50 and I'm like, oh, I've had a good run. Like if I start like actually looking kind of old now, I'm fine with it. Like, you know, it's fine. Like how fucking long can you be expected you know i go back and forth i go back and forth i'll be honest i'll be like yeah you know eight you got to expect it you got to be graceful and accept it and like life is about the interior and all of that and i'm like i was fat for so long that what now yes i was i was chubby i was chubby all through my 20s i was chubby as a kid and i don't remember you ever being chubby but Maybe I only knew you in your thirties. Who knows? I was I'm just, sure just I knew you in your twenties. You're, you're 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 slim now. Like even you saying chubby. Like okay, I think I can yeah. remember you. You know, being more voluptuous, but never, never. You know, chubby is kind of overstating it. I think a little bit. Don't you think? And also, it's no. it's fine if you were chubby. By the way, as listeners listeners are like, I thought this was the happy Thanksgiving episode, and now I'm being I'm being fat shamed in this episode. Okay, okay, Okay. sorry. Can we can we can we swift uh, swift gears? Can we switch gears and talk about like let's do some bullshit gratitude thing or something? Yeah. Um, Let's talk about like things that we're actually thankful for, even though Thanksgiving passed and you know the slaughter of Native. American people occurred and uh, you know well let's let's just try and spin this uh yeah 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 so it's a complicated holiday isn't it so so um and and I do feel like now that Columbus Day is kind of crumbling um if not already done for this is the next one but the idea of thanks I guess will thanks is nice will persist right and uh, I don't I'm think that family. Don't... I'm thankful for my family, even though it's so fractious and there's so many like petty arguments over, especially over our vacation location, the preferred vacation location of my family in uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Overall, I like them all, and I'm I delight in their company. So I'm really happy to have that. And I was excited to drive to Michigan and see people I hadn't seen in years. And you seem to literally. Like- driving part you were excited to be able to drive i i mean my my drive there was uh, i mean parts of it were not fun parts of it were like the highway you know just let's get there but uh i stopped in hannibal missouri and it was fun to see mark twain's home you know where he grew up and becky thatcher's house the inspiration and whatever all very hokey 
Americana, but Mark Twain, I think, is a person you cannot cancel. He was so aware. He was so fucking aware of what was going on and he mocked slavery and he, you know, I mean, he attacked it and mocked it. And Uh, I mean, you know, it's like, mm, I don't know. Uh, I mean, brilliant writer. Like, we don't, we can, what we need to get used to doing is like being able to hold to seemingly conflicting truths uh, together Mm -hmm. at once. Yeah. We don't need to make him into this more socially forward person than he was. He was making comments on on race and and slavery and everything. But I mean, to to paint him as this like civil rights crusader of his time, I think that's a little bit much. And that's fine. Brilliant writer. I remember a conversation having with someone about like reading Huck Finn in college classes and um, the fact that like the, 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 the N word is in that book like 5 million times. And it's like, yes, we should read Huck Finn and no, maybe the black people in that class should not be subjected to hearing that word out loud 500 times, you know, both yeah. of those things can be true. I don't know. Just, Side note, but yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm all for not canceling, you know, brilliant writers who have something important to say about American history. So I'm glad you and yeah. you, 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 uh, enjoyed a, that. And it's just like a little charming little stop on the Mississippi, and you know, you know the Mississippi is so significant in the U.S. And um, so, yeah, I had a good time. I, nice. I really enjoyed this Thanksgiving. I mean, I had to leave Jim behind. Because of our That's naughty, what I'm to out the whole time. our naughty, our naughty new dog can be trusted to be left with um, with somebody else. So, but uh, me, yeah. oh well, I mean, I'm thankful for my. I'm thankful. What am I thankful for? <laughs> Wait a minute, you had something on hand. What was the thing no, you no, were no? I was going to say I'm thankful for my dog. I know that sounds dumb, but she's really- no, it doesn't. And I'm thankful for my boyfriend who puts up with me. Um, we all are, actually. Okay, you guys, I'm going to tell you a really <laughs> funny story. I'm going to tell you a story about what happened to me today. So I started working at this. This will bleed into why I'm thankful for him. So I started working at Campus Safety. Pretty much the like, job, the job that I set up yeah, for it took for Jen six, to get. It took like two months. It's like I was interviewing to be the president of the college um, <laughs> to get this job. So basically it's like the nerve center of the college. You, you're like at the switchboard and it's a lot of logistics and stuff. So I'm at the, I'm at your the specialty. Desk. We know you're a logistics specialist. Oh, so. oh yes. Oh my God. My attention. To <laughs> I'm not for it. I'm fucking awful at it. People. Um, you're like, so- you're like, Every, Hello, every, Campus Central. Hold on. Switching, putting the pin email. in. Hello, I can know. you hold? Campus Campus Nerve Center, can you hold, please? That's me, oldie, oldie time operator, yeah. yeah. I'm like, ah, the college president's out to lunch. Um, So I'm at the college, <laughs> I'm at the switchboard, I'm at the desk. You can't leave the desk, you can't leave the desk. And I get this phone call. We live, okay, we live in the Canfield Apartments. Shantana and I were the only people, we're the only like faculty that live here. And <laughs> there's a voice on the other end. 
and it says, <laughs> I'm laughing even thinking about this. <laughs> it's, I'm like, hello, campus safety, mama, my college. I'm not going to say the college. Um, and this voice comes on and it says, hello, I'd like to report <laughs> that the professor that lives in the Canfield apartment is walking around naked. And I'm what? like, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I forgot that I lived in the Canfield apartment. I'm like, I'm like what? <laughs> what? He's walking around naked? It happens to be your boyfriend, who is a professor who lives in the Canfield. And Canfield. is also making this phone call. <laughs> Clearly. Which I didn't, I didn't pick up on. Okay. Oh and I was Wait, you didn't recognize his voice? No. You Bart Simpson by your own boyfriend? Totally. He's like, he's walking around outside naked. <laughs> I was um, like, hello, this is Seymour Butt, <laughs> and I'd like to report a very heinous crime. You guys, I la I literally was so shocked. <laughs> I hung up the phone. <laughs> like, right. I this is Hugh Jass. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, things like that make me laugh, and that's good. That's amazing. And... I love it. It was really stupid. What's what was incredible is me thinking for five minutes who lives in the Canfield apartment <laughs> until I realized, wait a second, we do. So this is a prank call. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm grateful for my family too, even though we are all very scattered and I'm grateful for my life. I try, I, I complain a lot. I'm really trying to work on that. So no, complain away. Um, that's a bad quality of mine. So I'm trying to work on that. And I'm grateful for long friendships like ours, you know, and for, for spirited and honest conversation about, you know, not always easy things and history together. That really means something to me, especially through this time. It's really been, it's continues to be surprising and sometimes scary. And like, it feels meaningful to go through it with people that I've known for 20 years. Yeah. No. Hard cosine. No. I too am grateful for things. Um I uh you know, it's it's hard because I think I've been like in a sort of funk of just thinking about I don't know. It's like as 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 your life goes on not that i'm looking back on my life like i have plenty of life ahead of me hopefully you know statistically um but you know there are things that i regret things that i like wish i could go back and change but i am grateful for like a lot of choices that i've made i'm i am grateful for uh my adaptable spirit am i just am i just saying that i'm grateful for myself no i'm just starting with it. i'm just laying down a base bear with me i'm a great i'm grateful for my adaptable and the fact that i have made changes that i think are important and that uh adventurous spirit and i'm grateful for the people that i got that from which is my family um whether that was because they directly taught me those things or because i was reacting to things and am the person i am 
because of them. I am the person I am because of my family and I love my family through thick or thin and whether we agree on things or not. And um, I'm grateful for my freedom and my choices and long friendships and, um, you know, just life. I definitely like sometimes go outside and I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I just look and I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. Like this part of nature, this bird is beautiful. This ocean is beautiful. This morning is beautiful. The sunset is beautiful. I'm grateful for life, you know? So yeah, that's about it. That's wonderful. Here's to life. Can I, is it too late in the podcast to bring up the article that's in the times today about all do you see is that? Is it pressing no, or not? Why don't you? It's why don't very, you it's very satisfying because I wish I knew who wrote it. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not prepared to, to byline it, but, um, but you'll find it if you look for all, uh, and it's not all like, oh baby, it's a w e, and um, <laughs> it's about how the people who are flying them, the wealthy people who are flying themselves to space. They're saying it's an unforgettable experience. It's the most amazing thing they've ever done. But that's not all because all has to take you by surprise. And that all that preparation and all that expectation kind of dampens the sense of awe. And the person says, sometimes you're just walking down the street and the light hits through the leaves a certain way as what you were saying, Kim, or a sunset. And you weren't really expecting it. And you're like, wow, you know, that's all the time. All yeah. the time. And that. I get that too. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. And the article says how like micro, the article's about how micromanaging and trying to engineer awe into your life just backfires because it's just, you know, you've, you've just worked too hard to, to, to get it. And that's not how all works at all. And um, it's a cool article. I recommend reading it. It makes you feel really good about not being able to afford not being able to afford flying into space for 30 (laughs) seconds you know and um it's interesting that reminds me quickly of did you guys see soul last year when it came out the pixar oh my god oh god but i heard i still have to it's about like the afterlife right yes i thought it was was about jazz It's about jazz, it's about awe, it's about life, it's about the afterlife, it's about making the most of your life and accepting your life for what it is and not what you think. Yeah, I gotta watch that. Oh, it's one of those profound Pixar, when they hit it, they really, they really do a fantastic job. It's a beautiful movie. And ladies and gentlemen, if this podcast is about anything, it's about supporting the disney corporation <laughs> disney, exactly. disney I mean, it's our movie though enjoy Support- their enjoy their parks enjoy their properties right. such as marvel and uh pixar and uh wait do they own pixar yeah, yeah. they bought it oh years whoa. ago yes i always thought it was this like um righteous sort of like they were, you know, but nobody I can turn think. down those those Mickey bucks. <laughs> I know. I'm so out of it. Damn. So, I'll say this. Um, their product is still beautiful. I That's bet. good. And on is anybody that, gonna go see Encanto? Yeah, that's their new movie. Good. 
Yeah, I heard it's really good. It's the interesting that they're doing like a lot of Latin like flavored stuff. Like they did cocoa and now they're doing I love panko. cocoa. Um, but I haven't seen anything Pixar since. See House of Gucci. House of Gucci. House of Gucci. You know what? I was looking at a side note about a video. Not who's the other guy? Adam Driver. But Lady Gaga's accent as compared to the Gucci ladies. I think at least for this little clip, the rumors of her having this horrible accent are greatly overblown um, because I don't know. I thought I thought her accent was kind of on the money when compared yeah, to the actual lady. Like it sounds this. really good to me. So I don't know what they're talking yeah, about in the preview but, anyway. But people Justice are saying for Gaga's accent. I'm yeah, just like yeah. Oh, uh, so we didn't touch on the controversy about the uh, the last duel. Did we? What? Did we talk about this last time? I think this has happened since our oh, last episode about them. Him, I actually saw that film. I thought it was good. How Ridley Scott blames God. millennials looking at their phones for that movie bombing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was so funny to me. I said it to all every cousin that I yeah. ran into this like holiday season because they're all millennials. I like railed at them for making that movie fail. And I was so entertained, so pleased with myself. I'm like, cousin Andrew, how dare you make this movie bomb? He's like, what? I've never even heard of it. (laughs) 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 That was the thing, nobody, nobody heard of it. Cousin Andrew was too busy looking at TikTok. So it is cousin Andrew's fault. Damn you, cousin Andrew. But I told you what my tweet was, right? Or was that another tweet I told you about? It's this is yet another movie where a young 20, barely adult woman is I like, I don't think that's why people where creepy adult movie. men are, I, you know, fighting really over think- her. And I know that it's historically accurate, but still, it's like, who wants to see that again? I saw it. I went. I went to <laughs> see it. Clearly, I'm the kind of pervert that wants to see. Yeah, that. you're like a weird pervert who like still believes that like 50 year old men should be preying on 20 year old women in movies. Um, oh, my God. My, oh, one of my favorite screenwriters wrote the female part of it. Nicole Hall of Center. Yeah, I love Nicole writer. Hall of Center. I do agree. She's that incredible. She's, she's an incredible writer. And yeah. she wrote the female part. And it's I thought it was well yeah. done. I but if you read the comments, it's like on a, a lot of boards, women are like, I'm sick and tired of watching movies where women are getting raped from the male gaze. It's like, I don't need to see that anymore. Yeah, I'm done. Specifically, but wait a second. They very specifically brought in a female writer precisely so that wouldn't happen. And yeah, she, but it's still an old. He wrote that part. Yeah, but it's still an old gray haired guy who's directing and he's kind of the figurehead. I get, I love Nicole Sefner as well. Don't get me wrong. But the sort of the perspective out there is that like, Really, the perspective in the comments section, which is always like the most uh, accurate sampling of public opinion, the freaks who spend their time in the comments section. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly who I go to for mm, perspective. But you know what? I heard Matt Damon's haircut is really bad in it, so I, I, I'm out. Well, I know you hate Matt Damon. No, I, I love Matt Damon. I hate fighting over pop culture. I think it's useless. I think it's a waste of time. So now House of Gucci is getting trashed. Ridley Scott is going to die by the end of the year. He's not going to be able to handle Ridley it. Ridley Scott did not say that. Ouch. He's a great director. And he's he's also he's also been behind some great films for women. Great parts for women. Like Thelma and Louise, what we started with. Yeah. Is he working girl too? 
Uh, no, that's Mike <laughs> Nichols. Uh, I'm gonna argue. Yeah, I mean, well. hey, is it is it really is it is it his comment on society uh, needing to expunge and get rid of women who uh, go against the grain? Is that what the the driving off the cliff is, or is it like that they had to be punished for their actions because? I he wanted them punished or because the audience wanted them punished. Oh, Thelma and Louise? Yes. Um, they, I they think did. that ultimately they felt that the world, that they would never entirely be free, that they could only find freedom and death. That's kind of what I took from it. I'm going to guess that the script just landed on his desk and he, you know, executed yeah. it. I don't, I, I, I don't want to read too much into it, but, but I mean, he, Alien is the one movie where a fucking woman like fuck it rules right and she's not she's attractive but she's not like a sex pot necessarily but you know she's, a sex pot. she's absolutely a sex pot okay but but Sigourney Weaver but she's not like a blonde like you know, you know what I mean like she's tough no she's not a bimbo yeah. she's intelligent she's, right she's you know, intelligent she's yeah. she's comes across as like a whole person yeah so kudos to him for that that's incredible so good so it doesn't make you think that he's you know a, a massage i just think that the the last dual movie look i don't blame him i just think it's ill timed nobody cares have you seen the it? age disparity is Wait, weird no i haven't seen it, seen it. Okay, no. do you think that people should comment on things that they yes absolutely a hundred percent yes okay i think that's a real problem actually I well, think it's a real problem of you. You do have Jen, a We can't go see everything no. and then post the, post make then, a decision about it. We have to make some decisions about it before and okay, decide if we then, want to see it or not. So you have to the use the available information that's out there, and the avail and that it's. I get it. It's a Rashomon like movie, and there's like a child actress pretty much okay 23 no, and there's not. like creepy older men fighting over her and to me that's like not interesting no this movie existed i'm so <laughs> on a freaking like island literally yeah. i live no no no, no. kim you're not on an island nobody knew it existed that's the other thing it was really okay. badly marketed so nobody knew about it i think i saw one listener ad, never the only I reason i know about it is because of this <laughs> Of, of because of uh, Ridley Scott freaking out about it. I, was I like, went to see it in the yeah. movie theater. Well, you live so in. I knew about it. Yeah, I know. Uh, in the middle of no, what else is there okay. to do where you live? There's nothing else to do. But poetry, make see, art, uh, milk cows. What is there to do in KC? Yeah. Um, However, I cannot see to Ridley Scott. I love you, and I cannot wait to see House of Gucci. I'm hoping beyond hope that it's so bad it's good like that's my it, if it's in the show girls mm -hmm. God. what's that that would be great I, I i like i said i saw a clip of gaga i think she's a really good actress and um the whole accent thing is very overblown when it comes to her and i think people don't know that as they're talking about half the time with accents and they d wouldn't be able to correctly identify half the time they are correctly they can identify the stereotype of an accent yeah. but can they actually identify um real accents 
uh, I, I think it's dubious. So I think mm, every time somebody about. criticizes her accent, they should submit their own accent. Test. Hells yes, exactly. Right. Uh-huh. Say it's, for- a, it's Italiano. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, what's the matter, you? Like, this is what Italiano should sound like. What's, uh, what's her name? In it? It's a me, Gianna Gucci. <laughs> I love the your mushrooms. I kill the Koopas. And on that... I have fight against Bowser. Where is Princess Peach? Uh, I am Princess been... Peach, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga... Uh, what's his name? Like Chris Pratt is Mario. Lady Gaga is Princess Peach. This has been our Wakadua episode. It's a Wakadua. Wakadua. Uh, we're gonna you. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Chris Pratt being Mario. Oh my God. We'll talk about Chris Pratt next. Next week. time. All right. I, I, I have to pee. Also, um, um, go to our social media. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, follow us at, at Halfway There, the podcast. Uh, Give us five us. pizza pies. Yeah, if you disagree <laughs> with anything we said, which is likely, email us at Halfway There, the podcast at gmail.com. If you agree, email us, which seems unlikely as well. Um, what else? Tired of one- offended, please send us an email. Yeah, yeah. we have a Patreon at Halfway yeah. There, the podcast. If you're the one other person in America that saw the last duel, <laughs> chime in. Especially if you're if you're a millennial who allegedly ruined like made that movie fail, but you saw it, please write in. Lots of tasks. Till next week. Keep it perky. Keep it keep it perky. Keep it perky. Bye-bye. Ciao. Ciao. Um, that was fun. This has been halfway there, but it's also the end. The end of this episode of Halfway There. You get it. <laughs>